0: This is wild.
1: Where's the Skype ringtone that happens, like (laughs) your little Skype dance that you do? (laughs) This is not going to fall off, is it? Do we need headphones?
0: No. Wow. We can hear each other through the airwaves. Have a good show.
1: Is it happening? Are we recording?
0: Uh
1: My God, you're like a magician. Why can't
0: we use the red nose reindeer things over there? We
1: can on our noses. Oh, and you took away my (laughs) clapper.
0: Probably for better. (sighs) We're starting the podcast now. This is weird. We're in person.
1: I have never in my life recorded a podcast with someone in the same room.
0: I don't think I have either. You know what? One time I recorded a podcast with Brenda in the New York office where? But we still sat in different rooms, <laughs> and I do the same thing when I record with Sam and Don. We have to record because we don't have like really nice mics like we do in the Boston office that have like soundproofing, and hopefully you can't hear all the people partying outside. You our probably door. can. Oh, that's, well, Tom will remove that because he's magical.
1: He, yeah, he will. Just gotta close our eyes and say his name three times. <laughs> Wait, no, it didn't work. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. So there's a lot of people in the room next yeah. to us because ThoughtPot is having our summer summit. Woo-hoo. Which is when all the offices get together. I was gonna say Netflix and chill, but it's just like not that at all. And we just kinda hang out and do activities and talk and
0: Yeah. I tell people that we do touristy things and eat. Yeah. And drink.
1: Yep. But not like super touristy, because the, like the locals take people around to their spots.
0: Right, so. insider touristy things.
1: Right, like has there ever like has there ever been a duck boat tour in the history? I've of the always summit?
0: wanted to do a duck boat tour, though. Like I would sign up for that.
1: Would you? Yeah. You should lead a duck boat tour.
0: I don't want to be held responsible for the disappointment afterwards.
1: <laughs> well, if you had like a disclaimer, like. Guaranteed disappointment for all, for all ages. I
0: I don't know why, but I have like in Austin, they have Segway tours Mm -hmm. and I really want for one of our quarterly outings in Austin to take a Segway tour. But like I keep on trying to push all of the other people in Austin, be really excited about it. No one one has been yet. Can um, you understand why?
1: Yes. I can be a plant if you want. Oh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll plan to come down at a certain point, and then you can start, like, I, I can say it, Kyle. I can be <laughs> like, hey, what's the Segway tour situation <laughs> those, down here? Those
0: Segway tours look so cool. Whenever I go to a new place, <laughs> I ask
1: that question. What's the Segway situation?
0: They also have in Austin these beer carts. So it's it looks really miserable. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a bunch of people pedaling on a <gasps> giant... Bar? Bar.
1: I've seen this.
0: But you're doing it in 100-degree heat oh in Austin God. down 6th Street. So, I mean, how awesome does that sound? How much fun is, is no, that?
1: I've seen it <sighs> happen. I've seen it. Have you been on one?
0: I have not been so on I drive by fun. them almost mm. every day and feel really bad for all of the people on them.
1: You know, I Because a, they
0: do it in the middle of the day, too, during, yeah. like, Austin's hottest months. And I'm just like...
1: I have a question about those. So, again, it's a bar pretty much. Everyone is sitting at the bar and they're, they're cycling. So I was in Buffalo recently and there was one that came by. And the people on it were very, very intense, and they were really cycling and going for it.
0: Oh, wow. And then
1: one came by, and they were so chill. Like, one person wasn't even trying. One person was doing it, like, a really slow, and they were still going the same speed. So I was curious, like, what the cycling part of that really is. Like, I, I think that
0: they have some sort of electric motor. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> and and, oh and they do have a DD, I believe, like a tour guide. Right. And so it's like a bar hopping so thing. so bizarre. Like and something that I would have loved like 10 years ago.
1: I mean apparently, I mean you're talking about it right now, so you probably still I love I it. think I
0: just like to talk about these things and when it comes to actually doing them.
1: I wonder what that's called. Is that called something?
0: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I like to annoy people by talking about them excitedly
1: (laughs) and then when the time comes when the time
0: "Ah, comes the
1: water's a little too cold for me sorry
0: (laughs) sort of like watching really bad movies like I enjoy watching really bad movies and getting other people to watch really bad movies just because I like watching their reaction like uh, we were talking about a movie night in Austin I was like oh we should do snakes on a plane Oh God! and everyone just like just walked away from me
1: <laughs> why yeah. did you want to watch that
0: because it's such a good movie is it yeah it makes it good it's action-packed. action-packed there are snakes
1: where are they <laughs>
0: <laughs> i think this is a children's podcast
1: they are on a plane oh i see what you're is... oh is it now i didn't know tentative was a children's podcast <laughs>
0: i don't know i don't For know all if, you kids listening i don't know if i'm allowed to do f-bombs on this <laughs> yeah. podcast well you can give
1: you know what if you did we should we should do it and have tom might like, be creative and like he would like do it instead of a, a duck or, instead like,
0: of a beep do a hiss because it's yes, snakes so it. on this plane
1: nice yes.
0: here's the beeps oh yeah like that's that. what the Cut yeah this is about as good as the movie
1: i think this is better <laughs> I, don't, I don't need to see it anymore
0: have you not seen? Oh, I have wow. not seen snakes on a plane. So you're gonna come to Austin. We're gonna have movie night with snakes on a plane, and then we're gonna do it's a like segway tour.
1: I feel like we're like planning a sleepover. Like I'll, I'll bring my toothbrush. You know, Jesus. like <laughs> you will go on a segway tour. <laughs> I've never we'll get I've actually- some popcorn. Do you ride a segway or do you stand on a segway? Like what's the what's the correct verbiage there?
0: Both.
1: I'm gonna go stand on the segway.
0: I think you ride a Segway. Fascinating.
1: I wonder what the Segway thinks about this. We should have a guest for this children's podcast. We're going to bring in our favorite scooter. (laughs) I bet Segway enthusiasts are very
0: upset that I called it a scooter. This isn't the first time we've talked about Segways.
1: Nope. There's actually one, I think, titled Segway. But yeah, you're right, dude. This is not the first time. We're not sponsored by Segway. No. I don't think
0: I've ever been on a... I've never been on a Segway either.
1: I wonder what it's like.
0: This this, this is just me, like, projecting myself and my future hopes and dreams Mm. on this podcast.
1: And it's just, like, now it's coming across the table, and I can see them.
0: brainwaves. So we haven't talked about any design or product or...
1: No, we haven't talked... In a while. Like, you oh, and I have not right. recorded in a long time. Well, you were out, out and I think agenda. I was
0: out, and then you were out, and I, I think I was out. Yeah, We just took turns.
1: And now we're here together, which is a wonderful way to, to restart to, this.
0: To bring it all back together.
1: So, yeah, design, you know, it's still, it's still a thing. It's still out there. Is it? <laughs> yes.
0: Okay. That's good to know.
1: So, that's great. You know, we talked a lot about design during our summit yesterday. Talked about user interviews and research and sprints and how it all folds into our process here at ThoughtBot.
0: The end goal is making clients successful, Mm -hmm. successful businesses, products. Yeah, I don't even remember. I kind of blacked out for most of it because I had to lead that workshop. It was fun. I think we had a lot of good questions. A lot of the ThoughtBot managing directors who do a lot of the sales were there and asking about how we set projects up for success, Mm -hmm. Uh, how we set our clients and designers up for success at the beginning of the projects. So we did workshop on design sprints in the morning and like how we've been doing them at least in Austin. And then in the afternoon, we both kind of took turns doing, I did an interview with Chad, a jobs to be done switch interview on him. Mm -hmm. And you kind of went over some of the research that you've done.
1: Yep. I think, like, the overall question that, you know, the language we use around design, development, it's comes with so many assumptions, and it's hard to even the playing field, like, with clients, because they can come in and have experience with a shop that did design, and maybe the designers were just only doing static comps, and maybe it was, you know, way more siloed. And for us at ThoughtBot, our, you know, we differentiate ourselves by saying that everyone you know our designer's code, we're all very much part of the process. There's no siloing happening. Yeah. We're all just a product team. So I'm still trying to, I'm still trying to think about that. Like how do you communicate that effectively using the language and tools that people already have?
0: Yeah, I, I think that's been something that we've always sort of struggled with, which is as an industry, getting away from design is just visual and moving into user experience. But even beyond that, which is design is all-encompassing. Like we talked about Thoughtbot has has different parts of its business and adding the process of design, which is what design thinking, I guess, really is, which is just creating prototypes, iterating, using user research to inform the next iteration and and, and doing that loop over and over and over again. And explaining to clients that that is really what design is about. And it's not just this mock-up that they see on a screen. And,
1: yeah. Yeah, it's you can't separate it out. Like, at least here, we don't see it as a separate thing. As, like, part one, design. Part two, question mark. Part three. Like, Success! <laughs> profit. Profit. <laughs> yeah. Money. It's, uh, it's interesting.
0: The reason I hate the term design thinking is because I, I think it goes along with what you're saying, which is, like, how do we communicate the design process? And so many people have heard about design thinking now that they have their own perception. And so they have their own perception of what design thinking is and how it's going to make them successful. And it's not, I guess the same thing could be said about Agile. Like it's it's a theory on how to work. And so unless you understand the core of what's at the theory of Agile or at the core of design thinking, you're not really implementing it well
1: yeah and you're afraid to ask questions about it, mm-hmm. especially in like the initial conversations that you have with a potential client or even you know a new hire. It's hard those words are so they're pretty loaded, <laughs> and then there's the experience that many designers have of being in a situation where someone is like, well, i you know I can design too like I don't like that color, like make it something else you know you know it's harder as a designer because you can you're showing something aesthetic and people can pick at it and point at it. With code, they run <laughs> very far away from the screen when it's just, it looks you know, like something out of the matrix. Um, and they're like, I don't understand this. I don't know, like no one's gonna lean over and be like, wait, what did you name that database? like, don't you, <laughs> that is not scalable. Like no client does that, you know, unless they're technically like, you know, they're actually involved in the, proje- in the project and the code base.
0: Bet you clients would have opinions on about how we name things.
1: Mm -hmm. Probably.
0: They just don't see it.
1: Right. Yeah, Yeah. it's interesting, like, trying to find ways to evolve with the industry.
0: It's interesting to make sure that we're all talking about the same things. Yeah. Uh, When talking to another designer or when talking to a client. When we're using these (laughs) made-up terms. Design thinking. Design thinking, that we're all thinking (laughs) the same thing.
1: I love this. Yeah, keep going. Yeah, you're on it. You're on a roll. Um, Yeah.
0: I I think we've talked about this before, but I found the same thing with Jobs to be Done, which is just like they have all of this language, which is really great when you know what it is, Mm -hmm. but you're also assuming that everyone knows what it is. Yeah,
1: and that was a good point (laughs) yesterday when you asked, you know, before I continue, do we all know what this is? And people were not, they're very hesitant to say no. But then someone was like, I'm just going by what the name is. I can kind of figure it out from there. But that's something that, I mean, I I learned about that years ago. And before I learned what it was, I I heard the name and I figured, you know, yeah, I can kind of put two and two together what that means. But it's interesting. I mean, it's a whole thing. I mean, you included a video. I got to watch that video. There's a video of of him actually doing these switch interviews. It's like actually really amazing.
0: Yeah. So Bob Moesta, who's sort of pioneered jobs to be done along with Clayton Christensen, who's made it very popular. He's done a bunch of interviews on podcasts. Mm -hmm. The most recent ones he's done have been on Rocketship.fm where he did a switch interview on a conference. Why someone went to a conference and what their experience was at a conference. And that was really good. He has a full workshop online that I went through most of it.
1: And what's a switch interview?
0: <laughs> it's a interview that he came up with, which is essentially talking about the past. So a past purchase that wasn't a regular purchase. So it's, it's someone making a, a fairly big switch from one thing to another. And it doesn't have to be, I guess it doesn't have to be a purchase. Mm-hmm. So there's other switch events but purchasing is one of the bigger things. So when I did it on Chad, the two things, we, we kind of were doing it by the seat of our pants. So I asked him what, what two bigger purchases he's made mm-hmm. more recently. And he said, we've recently switched over to Calendly to help schedule meetings. And that's been a bigger business purchase. And then he said, personally, running shoes, which probably would have been more fun if we had done that one.
1: Yeah, it seems less complicated, but then again, yeah. who knows? It could yeah. be insanely complicated.
0: Uh, but the idea, so he switched running brand shoes. Which, as a runner, I know, like people are very dedicated. Once they have a shoe, they're mm-hmm. very dedicated to that shoe and that brand. And so that, as a switch event, would have probably been really interesting. But he's like, no, it won't. I was like, okay, I'll I'll go with it. <laughs> Using those as two pretty good examples, what the switch interview does is just really dive into the complete thought process of purchasing, but also some of the surrounding atmosphere and what I'm driving at are some of, in this case, Chad's motivations, some of the things that are pushing him. So this is where some of the language gets in that, like, I try to avoid... Because I think it starts to get a little, like, if I'm talking to someone who knows jobs to be done, it makes sense. But I think it it starts to get, I don't want to say technical, but, like, in the weeds.
1: Like, what language do you mean?
0: Uh, Using push, pull, anxiety, outcome. Like, these are all, they're... Real words, but their jobs to be done words too, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I think they sort of have their own little meaning. I also just saying jobs to be done and jobs to be done theory. I try to avoid it and just talk through and about the theory in general, just so I don't seem like I'm someone's like sitting up on the high hill mm-hmm. saying, "Oh, I have this grand theory that we should all participate in."
1: So th- maybe the person who is interviewing, maybe they work at the company. Like Calendly, maybe they're investigating why someone, you know, switched to their own product to Calendly. But is it? I feel like it'd be interesting to do like a job to be done where you're interviewing someone who switched for a product that's like in the same, like it's not your product, but it's a product kind of maybe not even like your product, but to kind of see, like, the kind of person who makes a switch to, like, a certain thing that's very different from what they're normally used to. I feel like learning people's motivations in that realm, you can take that human, like, desire and curiosity and apply it, like, to your product. And I mean, like, industries, like, you know how um, Snickers, their competitor is not Milky Way, but it's, energy bars and that came out of some interview type stuff where people were comparing yeah, Snickers, they they grab it for energy. So because of that, like a kind bar would be their competitor.
0: Right. But that's that's why their tagline is what, like hungry, why wait? Yeah, yeah. yeah grab a totally. Snickers.
1: Yep. And like Milky Way's competitor is more of, you know, I actually I mean, I guess
0: I don't know, it depends like, on the situation. Yeah, I mean, we, it's we, not Snickers. We did a couple short jobs to be done interviews and in the design sprint that I had a couple weeks ago on Understand Day. And it was all around, it was not a product that existed already. So it was all around people's current yeah. solution to the job that they had, which is gift giving. Mm-hmm. And, and so it was walking them through how they currently give and diving into some of the emotion around that and the thought process. And that was that was a lot of fun. And so the things that I'm pulling out of those interviews that I probably didn't do before these interviews is, is really getting nitty gritty detail, asking for emotion. And we joked a lot yesterday that I was looking for pain.
1: <laughs> Kyle's house of pain.
0: <laughs> Kyle's house of pain. <laughs> but I'm looking for frustration and pain because usually those signify problems. Mm-hmm. I'm also looking for anxieties around the switch, especially if they're switching to a product that we all are, we're working on. Those anxieties are yeah. ways for us to make the switch easier.
1: I have a question. How do you synthesize this? Like. How do you take these answers that are very detailed and translate them into product decisions?
0: It's usually like a discussion at the end of the day. So a lot of what we do at ThoughtBot is like not very documentation heavy. Mm -hmm. I, I could totally see like writing down documentation. In the past, what I like to do is while I'm doing the interviews, write down specific keywords because some of it too is is language and using the same language that the people in the interviews are using. Mm -hmm. We talked about Calendly and a lot of what Chad talked about was opportunity. Yeah. And the opportunity cost of missing a sales call or someone not joining a sales call or someone not joining. So being able to be at Calendly and say like, oh, well, this is what's really important to... Maybe we did five of those, those interviews. Like this is the language that they're using is opportunities. Mm. So like, we can start to placate that fear, that anxiety that Chad might have as a business owner of making sure that he's capitalizing on every sales opportunity, every hiring opportunity, like moving quickly on those is really important because we're looking for really great people and they're always in demand. So like moving fast through the hiring pipeline, moving people fast through the sales pipeline is is really important too to making sure that they have a really great experience Mm -hmm. on both ends. Like we want to show, we're we're an experienced company. Like that's what our product is. So, you know, his fears were wrapped up in in that.
1: That's so interesting. But but using
0: that language of opportunity and, and playing on that fear is where I would start to like, if we were doing calumly's Lee's marketing and this was their audience and we did several other interviews, I would start to try and create a vocab library. But really, it's it's like a team discussion, just like we kind of do after usability tests is like, what are some of the things that you wrote down or the things that I wrote down while I was interviewing and kind of going from there?
1: Yeah, I was just, I was just curious because, you know, those interviews can get very very technical and very precise and just for people who aren't either used to doing that I'm I'm always interested in like the bigger picture of it like when you're asking something very 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 particular about like oh, oh like when did you like oh you you wrote this document well how long did it take you to write it like a question like that it's just so particular sometimes like for me like I I know what you mean and like when I'm in that mode of asking questions I mean I ask like every a billion questions and it's funny to like take a step out of it for a second and be like wait what did I learn again (laughs) like I know that they took them like three hours to make a thing but how does that factor in to like the bigger picture like why did I ask that like you know what I mean
0: yeah when I'm in those I try to be very intentional about the questions that I'm asking in the Mm -hmm. directions that I'm taking them down. So if it is like, how long did you spend on this thing? Mm -hmm. I'm starting to try and equate a dollar value. Like, how much is your time worth? Mm, With the one yesterday, we kind of cut halfway through just because of time, but like, I would have started to, if that was a real interview, real client, started to get at, okay, how much time have you put into your current solution? And that gives us an idea of how much we can price mm-hmm. the new product or optimize, or not Optimizely. Why is that? You talked about <laughs> Optimizely did. yesterday. Yes. Calendly. <laughs> Lee. Oh, the
1: Lees. <laughs> the Lees. The Lees.
0: The yeah. Lees. One of those Lees. Yeah. This is turning into one giant advertising. <laughs> <laughs> I know. For Segway. I know. And Calendly.
1: Segway. Eat fresh. <laughs> There's another one.
0: <laughs> Snickers.
1: Snickers. Oh, yeah. That's right.
0: Hmm. That answer your questions?
1: <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> when we did our huge research project for um, MBTA, the synthesis for that, we went out for uh, over a month and talked to so many people. Just hour-long conversations, like, not even any usability, anything. We didn't have anything to show. It was just, like, observing MBTA officials, um, supervisors, uh, inspectors who work, you know, they work actually, like, on the train line and supervise it. Just observing them. Like, we, so we did that with, like, 21, 22 people. And it was very intense and... I knew that we needed a process for synthesizing all that information because it was a big team, and we all split up as well, so not not all of us heard everything. So that was a little grueling. Where we did exactly what you said: we sat around and talked about what we heard. But I know too, for especially for teams who are used to documentation, or this was also a thing where we had to share a lot of our progress. So. We can't really just share, like, oh, well, we talked we talked about it. Don't worry <laughs> about it. So we ended up writing, <laughs> yeah.
0: We got it cover. Yeah. Don't, Don't worry about it.
1: Yeah. We ended up writing everything, like, individual, like, post-it notes, and we're just, we're just, like, clustering. The prompt was so vague in that, like, improved communication between officials on the Green Line in Boston. So, because it was so broad, I knew that we kind of had to play around with a lot of these things and actually physically move ideas into buckets, and it was really interesting. We came out with a really cool picture of, like... (laughs) And I know that you don't like using multiple colored post-its, so you probably would have hated the picture. I can probably make it black and white, though, for you, so keep you at ease. I'll still be able to tell. (laughs) Kyle likes to use only pale... (laughs) Boring yellow post-its. And I know there's a reason to make everything the same and et cetera. No hierarchy or whatever, but I don't know. I think life's too short. Like live a little. Hashtag
0: post it. Yeah, but then you play into group <laughs> dynamic. I'm trying to flatten everyone out.
1: I know. But I also like put everyone
0: I, down with their ego.
1: Sure. But is it ego to pick pink over green? Like I also think for something as structured as like a design sprint, let's say. I think it's, it's good to have people kind of have some kind of odd ownership over something. Like even just picking a color of a post I want note. them to
0: have ownership over their ideas. Mm-hmm. It just throws in too many variables. Like I noticed early on that if I let people not use a Sharpie yeah, or let them use any other tool, like some people will draw nicer. Yeah. Yeah. And I noticed that the nicer drawings would get more votes. Not necessarily being the better idea, but they looked nicer. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to just get rid of yeah, any kind you. of like, yeah. oh, pink's my favorite color. Even if it's like no, it de- cares. deeply subconscious.
1: <laughs> yeah. Should we? Should we
0: <laughs> what are they doing? I'm going to just,
1: I'm going to tell them. <laughs> be that, that mom. What were we? Oh, Post-its. Yeah. Yeah, I, that was all I had this I forgot. Like the MBTA thing with like the synthesis. It was a lot. It was a lot to to do.
0: I think but in those cases where you have a much bigger team and the documentation needs to stick around for a while other than just like recordings of voices, like that makes a lot more sense. A lot of the projects we're doing early on, mm-hmm. we're trying to move really fast and things probably by the time, even by the time we're done with the project have changed so drastically that those, those first interviews, while they're helpful, they're not going to be important because we've learned so much along the way that we probably have more recent interviews that are more important. We do the same thing with like all of the other design stuff that we create and all of the other development stuff that we create. I guess there's like a, that we use GitHub. and, And so there's like a a history of all of the code that we've ever written and deleted. We have short comments of why we've written it or deleted it, but that's, mm-hmm. that's fairly it. Like the same thing could be said about like our sketch files. Like if they live in abstract, they're getting the same kind of thing, but we're not documenting them. as
1: Abstract? An... Is that a tool that I don't know about?
0: Yeah. You don't, it's like GitHub, but for sketch files.
1: Oh, we're just dropping the products today.
0: We're getting lots of uh, unknown advertising money. You're welcome.
1: Yeah, I, I was even, we're talking about design sprints, and we talked about design sprints and deliverables from the sprint, right? And it's hard, even in the sales process, to sell a design sprint. Mm-hmm. The whole point of it is not to create a prototype in the end. For me, personally, it's getting like, the team, the, the client, like, their team together, and getting everyone on the same page, and like having consensus. like that is like invaluable because a lot of times they come to us with a lot of maybe competing ideas or different understandings and there's no level there's no even playing field like you know someone's been thinking about a certain thing for maybe like the past year and then like someone's new to the team so they just joined like three months prior or like a couple weeks ago and you know at one point I was in a sprint where there's a lot of people in it and I had to, you know, ask them after a few hours cause they were just really like going at, like there was like, they're so like, Fisticuffs? No, there, no, no, they weren't like fighting. They are they are <laughs> so like into it and Uh-oh. really like building on each other's ideas and it was just going all over the place. And I asked like, is this the first time you guys have sat in a room together and like talked about this? They're like, yeah, <laughs> 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 pretty much. <laughs> so uh, it was, it became clear that the goal of that sprint was to just get everybody on the same page. And, even though sometimes when the client comes to, comes to us with an idea, and this usually happens, we take that idea, we really like break it down, pull it apart, and sometimes we just kind of put it back together again. Maybe a couple of parts are a little bit different, but they usually leave with a very similar manifestation of what their original idea was, but the only difference is now everyone is like gung-ho about it.
0: But also their understanding is a lot more deeper about the problem and potential other solutions, too. So, like, yeah, it's funny. I go into every design sprint thinking, like, is this going to be a waste of time?
1: Mm. And I
0: come out of every design sprint thinking, why did I ever think that this was (laughs) so important to do?
1: It it really is. I've just reframed it in my mind, which has made it a lot easier to, to, to do. When I'm thinking of it more in terms of the people in the room, really... And how they interact with each other and how to kind of push them to really being creative and really just getting all their ideas out of their head and like being more comfortable with with sharing their ideas with each other. And like it's become about creating that environment where they feel comfortable and sharing. And I feel like those things are in time have become more important to me as like what the outcome is for the sprint. Because no matter what we do prototype wise, it's going to be changing anyway. Like, that's just, we're just doing step one. You know, we're all again getting in a room and deciding and being confident in how to start this project, you know? And it just so happens you have a visual, visual, if you will, learning tool. <laughs> visual. Visual <laughs> of, of this that. thing, of this idea. You can use that. Yeah. <laughs> Visual designer.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think the thing that we talked about yesterday was 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 interesting. Yeah. Of like conveying specifically in the sales process, conveying the idea that the deliverable at the end of a design sprint isn't tangible. It's like it's it's knowledge. It's it's living in the heads of everyone who was in the sprint and it's the learning that they had along the way and the learning that they had at the end. Especially because during that week or during whatever timeline we have for the sprint, we're moving so quickly. like mm-hmm. It's built in that we're not going to document it as well as we probably could. But that's because we want to encapsulate a huge process in a short amount of time. Right. So it's it's kind of funny mm. to me when I do describe like, oh, these are going to be your deliverables. You'll get this and this and this when I know at the end of the sprint that really the most valuable thing that they're going to have is what's in, in their head.
1: Right, and for like to cut down on documentation, you know, the people who are in the room are the people who you will, like, will be working with, so they don't need to read it all, they just experienced it. Yeah. For the teams where, I think we talked about this before, for the teams where a lot of them were actually absent from that process, but they, they did want to see the progress, like we would do a blog or something. Mm-hmm. However, the odds of anyone really completing the blog is very low. <laughs> the idea of it is wonderful, but then no one wants. To, at the end of the day, no one wants to be tasked with. Now I have to do a write up right. of this thing, so they'll. I'll push it till next week, while I sit down and write up five days of content. But <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, never mind. I'll wait till the end of the project and do you know like sixty days of content. <laughs> Yeah, But, I mean, for the projects where we did do a blog, it, it was really helpful. And nothing, like, sacred, just kind of even a couple lines a day of, like, what we pushed, like, mm-hmm. things things we merged. But what I wanted to say was really interesting, and especially it's hard to sell a design sprint when you haven't been in one. Yeah. So for us, you know, it's just easier to be able to talk about it. And really, because, and even, too, when thinking about scoping a project, it's really hard to do that. Which is why Thoughtbot, like, why we have designers and developers doing the sales because we know what it's like. But for yesterday, when we were all in the same room and, you know, a couple of developers who were new and like in the sales process, let's say, had a lot of questions about design, it was really interesting to have to answer those questions and like get them on the same page. But yeah, you have to like do the thing in order to be able to really sell it, right?
0: Yeah, I don't know if you have to really do the thing, mm-hmm. but I think what really helps me is the fact that I have stories from yeah, doing the
1: thing. Definitely,
0: I think those stories are what help me.
1: Definitely. Anyway, Kyle, it's been so wonderful.
0: This has been awesome to do you, it in like, person. From me. Yeah, I know,
1: this is so fun. Yeah.
0: Where can I find the show notes?
1: Tentative.fm/slash fifty seven.
0: If I really like this podcast, what should I do?
1: Rated on iTunes.
0: If I really wanted to get in touch with us using the Twitters,
1: at tentative FM.
0: This is how we should close FM? out every single episode. I love from now on. This is like yeah. the interview format, is oh. perfect.
1: Well, again, oh. thanks. You know,
0: I want to get the clapper and clap one more time. Oh, do it. And that'll be the end of the podcast. Need- oh, here, I'll give it to you. This is so much fun, people. I don't think you understand. I feel like really professional I'll a here.
1: Of you doing it, and then we'll put it in the show notes. Oh, it's so nice. Okay, ready? Wait, I just didn't. (laughs) Okay, now I'm ready.
0: Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. This podcast was brought to you by ThoughtBot. We are experienced designers and developers who turn your idea into the right product. With local studios in Boston, San Francisco, New York, London, Austin, and Raleigh, let's build something great together.